Young Heroes Called The Animorphs Hello and welcome to Middlemorph Millennials, the podcast that I started to force my friends to read Animorphs and yell at them about how cute Jeremy Jason McColl is. My name is Morgan. Jeez, my name is Kate. <laughs> I mean, is he really that cute? But happy new York year. <laughs> Whenever this comes out. And that's Jason. <laughs> oh, that's yes, Jason. that's right. That's, <laughs> it's me, Jason Tina. Yeah, we're uh, recording this in December, but we obviously will have this be dropping uh, later, most likely in January. So happy new year, y'all. Yeah. Um, hopefully 2022 is going okay. Cause... Yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last time we left off, Rachel was in a seagull morph, um, meeting up with the others at the beach so that they could go spy on teen heartthrob Jeremy Jason McColl on a yacht in the bay. All to prevent him from endorsing the Yerk uh, group Cult. the sharing. Uh, yes. The whole purpose of this book is to stop him from publicly endorsing that so that people don't flock to the sharing and get under your control. So it's it's a, a fun uh, mission, to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> for Cassie and Rachel. <laughs> yeah, Cassie and Rachel are smitten, so we got, they got that going for them. Um, yeah, so they meet up at the beach, four seagulls. Tobias is obviously a red-tailed hawk, and then... Axe never acquired a seagull, so he's a northern harrier morph. Um, Tobias says he can spot the yacht about three miles out, um, but he has to stay on land because it's hard flying over the ocean, and at least Axe can morph like a shark and swim back, whereas Tobias cannot do that. So Axe is going to go with them, um, and then the four seagull anamorphs. I feel like if Axe had a seagull morph, that would be so dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> double yes. danger no yeah. no cinnabon would be safe no mm-hmm. nothing would be safe <laughs> just be shouting globules and you know seagull tongue, like, at every person be the seagull that like gets into your cooler and like drags everything around for oh, sure could you imagine the news story like let alone the news people sleeping on the fact that there's randomly an elephant every now and again rampaging <laughs> through their city but the, the, the one seagull that they keep finding and hearing about from everybody that's harassing everyone for their food mm-hmm. <laughs> and tobias would be just like flying after him just trying to get him to stop <laughs> <laughs> and so they head out to the yacht and because axe has the superior hairier eyes he sees Jeremy Jason McCool first, and he's like, I think I see him. And Cassie's like, does he have brownish blonde hair and really big blue eyes? And Rachel's like, and full lips like Brad Pitt? And Marco's like, <laughs> gag, barf. Axe is like, what's black Brad Pitt? <laughs> yeah. The hair and eyes are correct. I can't evaluate the lips, though. How large would lips have to be in order to be Brad Pitt lips? And then Marco's like, in that Montana movie, Brad Pitt's lips fill the entire screen. In fact, I heard some people were crushed to death by Brad Pitt's lips. So I googled this Montana movie, which is A River Runs Through It. Yeah. And Brad Pitt's lips are not big in that movie. They're just fine. They're just normal dude lips. Um, (laughs) And Jake is like, I bet they're fake. You know how they inject like butt fat into lips to make them all puffy? And Rachel's like, it's sad to hear so much jealousy. Don't you agree, Cassie? And she's like, it is sad, Rachel. Terribly sad. (laughs) And so in order to prevent... Rachel and Cassie from 
getting all up in Jeremy Jason's business. Jake tries to order Rachel and Cassie to stay back while he and Marco go investigate. But Rachel's like, uh, no, you and Marco go. Me and Cassie stay. Yeah, like that's really going to happen. Come on, Cassie, we're going in. So they go, (laughs) they land on the yacht, just two seagulls hanging out. And there are four people there. There's the producer who owns the yacht. There's a woman in a bikini and a man with his back to them. And then Jeremy Jason McCool who I might start referring to as JJM because that's what I put in my notes and it's a lot easier mm-hmm. to say than... It's a mouthful. Yeah, his full name. Although we do always say Jonathan Taylor Thomas, like... I know, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I've been having a hard time, like, so far with uh, this book, not just saying Jonathan Taylor Thomas' <laughs> character. So Rachel and Cassie fangirl out for a little bit. They listen to the conversation, but the chapter ends with this narration that's like... And it was then that I fell out of love with the extremely cute Jeremy Jason McColl. And when the new chapter starts up, there's like a conversation, but it because of the sound of the engines and the ocean, it's kind of loud. So they can't hear everything because they're just seagulls. They're not like hawks or anything. So they there's like that thing where it's like dot, dot, dot to have some of the conversation be taken out. But they get the general idea that Jeremy is sick of being a teen heartthrob and wants to take on some more serious movie roles. And the producer is offering him those serious parts since the producer's company is, quote, part of the new order. And suddenly the other man steps forward and the producer and the woman kind of shrink back in fear. Hint number one, the man offers JJ everything that he's ever wanted so long as he reps the sharing. And they also mention performing some sort of procedure on him, which we know is infesting him. So he's not infested yet. Mm -hmm. That's important. And JJ is like, if I say no, and the man's like, you won't say no. And then the man turns and Rachel and Cassie can see that he is done, done, done. Visor three. Shocked. Absolutely shocked. A scandal. (laughs) So JJ is like, sure, I'll take the deal. You perform your procedure on me. I'll rep the sharing. And then you guys will make me a movie star. Which, like, did Jonathan Taylor Thomas really need... this kind of deal to make him a movie star well it's isn't it weird to him it's like a small local group like right to be like for this it just seems very like like why do you think they can give you everything you want like there's mil there's so many agents and like producers and things like in hollywood it's like i don't think you need this one random person that wants to that's your condition is repping a thing and a procedure like it, it seems very like none of this is just like too complicated (laughs) yeah but now looking at his imdb he has not really been in anything in a long time because the last thing i think i saw him in was um veronica mars and he's not really that great of an actor maybe this author saw something coming (laughs) yeah he needed to make a deal with the yurks in order to get his movie career off the ground (laughs) yeah and live now in uzbekistan (laughs) yeah cassie and rachel note that he's like being shitty But they're like, we still have to try and save him. And Rachel starts to get really mad at him for selling out the human race to for his own career, even though he doesn't know that's what he's doing. And she gets really pissed off. And suddenly her seagull morph begins to grow a trunk. And she actually, I don't think she, they weren't landed on the yacht. They were flying still. So because she starts to grow a trunk, she can't fly anymore. And she lands in the water and starts sinking really fast. And Jake yells for Axe to find her. So we find out in a minute that Axe has gone um, into a shark morph and is swimming around underneath the yacht. And so she sinks about 50 feet under when she realizes 
hey, elephants can swim. But <laughs> yes, un- they can. <laughs> but unfortunately, she's too far down for it to make a difference at this point. And when Axe like finally finds her when he's in his shark morph, she starts to get loopy. She's like loopy from lack of oxygen. And she's like singing jingle bells, but for morphing. And she's like, hey, a talking shark. That's funny. So she's like starting to lose it. And then she starts morphing again and starts to get smaller. She is not demorphing, but she's going straight to some other morph. And there's like a lot going on at once. Everybody's freaking out. Axe can't, he like loses track of her because she's so small. Cassie dives in the water to demorph and morph Dolphin to try and find her. Jake goes with her. Rachel starts singing Jingle Bells, but for morphing. And Visor 3 starts to morph something that can swim because he saw Rachel go down and knows that they're there. And it's just chaos. It's all over chaos. Finally, we get a moment when Cat or Rachel finishes her morph and she is an ant in an air bubble so she can breathe. She's fine. Somehow, isn't this like the third time they've morphed ant even though Yeah, you've never said they morphed ant again. This is like, yeah, the second time in this book cuz she morphed big ant when she was in her house before she oh, That was a fly. It. That was a fly, but Oh, it was it turned out fly it was an ant. Okay. But yeah, she does morph ant here. Uh, I was going to say there was like another time that they morphed ants, but maybe I'm just thinking of the last book when Rachel got covered in ants. They really thought they didn't want to, yeah, they didn't want to morph ants in several scenarios, like with termites and things like that. Yeah, they 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 morphed ant to termite. (laughs) Yeah. So then she starts growing again. Fortunately, this time it's crocodile, so she doesn't have to worry about breathing because they can swim and hold their breath for a long time. So where we're at right now. Cassie and Jake are dolphins. Axe is a shark. Marco is still a seagull. Rachel is a crocodile. And Visor 3 is morphing something and is about to hop into the water to chase them. It's like some bat. It's like a bag. <laughs> it morphs into. But um, so the, the animals start to swim away, but Rachel's crocodile is actually pretty slow. So the shark and the uh, dolphin really outrun her really fast. And Visitor 3 hits the water and Axe is like, I bet it's a Lebton javelin fish. I've always wanted to see one of those. I mean, you know, (laughs) in a zoo or something. (laughs) Axe has been great in this book. (laughs) Yeah, he's hilarious. Because he's like, I don't understand what's going on. I'm just going to make funny side comments. What is Um, an actor? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Jake orders them to like spread out really far apart so that he can't go after all of them and get into fighting positions including Marco, who's going to have to demorph first. And hopefully he has taken swimming lessons since book four, but we don't mention it. So whatever. Because <laughs> remember that Marco cannot swim. But he's right? cute. <laughs> Can you imagine him just going up to his dad? Dad, I need swimming lessons. Okay, sure. Well, how about when summer comes around? No, now. I need swimming lessons. <laughs> yeah. We don't really mention what time. It- well, I guess it- we already had summer because that's when Megamorphs started. So, but anyway. Um, so it's probably like fall right now. So Rachel surfaces as crocodile and sees Jeremy Jason standing on the back of the boat. He had a huge fierce grin on his face. He was pointing and laughing like a fan at a boxing match. And she says like, or he says something like, isn't he amazing about Visitor 3? And she's like, oh, fuck this kid. Like, he's a piece of shit because he's just cool. He understands that Visitor 3 is an alien and doesn't care. So yeah, he's, he's the equivalent of a, a taxon right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a voluntary host. Mm-hmm. So then she spots Visitor 3 
uh, in his morph, and she says, It was a bizarre morph. Nothing like nothing on Earth, that's for sure. It looked like a vast, bright yellow stingray, like a living pancake, flat and oblong. It sort of flew through the water by slowly flapping its sides. There were two stock-mounted eyes on top and two long trailing antennae below. All along its back, it had spears. They were lined up flat. You know how a fighter jet has missiles tucked under the wings? That's how it held the spears, only they were on top but all neatly in a row facing forward. The spears, there must have been 20 of them, were each as long as a broom handle and just about as thick. They had a regular striping, yellow and green, and bits of blue. It was probably camouflaged back on the home planet of the Lebton javelin fish, but here in Earth's oceans, it seemed gaudy and too bright. It flew through the water faster than my crocodile could ever have moved, but faster too than the dolphins or shark. And I did try and look up some fan art of this creature, and it doesn't exist, so we'll have to Aww. use our imaginations. Um, I just, we need to create some fan art. <laughs> yes. I just thought this was, like, interesting because, like, um, so, like, on Earth, you have obviously freshwater and saltwater you know, aquatic species and, like, you can't, there's, like, very few that can mix or mix for a, a sustained period of time. Like, Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, what, all salmon, of his, for example, like all of his aquatic animals or more species. I'm like, what if it like, like I'm, I'm just thinking like, or do all these other worlds have saltwater oceans or like freshwater? I'm just like, what if he morphed like a freshwater thing in saltwater and it literally like is burning his like yeah, breathing, right? breathing structure? Yeah, like it's just it was lucky. in the early books when they like, uh, I think they were in saltwater and they morphed trout to get away from controllers each one time and they're like, it's burning our gills, but we just like have to move, move, move to get out of that situation. Yeah, I'm like, are these yeah. just alien super species or just conveniently all also from saltwater based oceans on other planets? <laughs> Or, yeah. like, is the water based on some other type of, uh, uh, you know, element or compound oh, yeah. as opposed to yeah. just solely water Yeah, or do, well. or do so, they breathe? Yeah, there's fair questions. Yeah. <laughs> just, I was like, oh, so lucky. <laughs> like, all and Visitor 3 were... does say that this is the first time he's used this morph. And he's like, and see how it performs. It's amazing. And so he could have just, like, started sizzling, like, <laughs> and dying from the salt. So I guess... I wonder if yurks, like slugs, are not chill with salt. I, I don't think we ever find that out. Another great huh. question. Interesting. <laughs> cool. um, uh, so, Visor 3's morph like a bag puffs up and then shoots a javelin out of its mouth, which spears Rachel's crocodile morph, and all the animorphs scatter to different directions. And Visor 3 says, ah, splitting up, eh? Well, that will only affect the order in which I kill each of you. What have I heard the human children say? Ah, yes. Eeny, meeny, miny, moo. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and Rachel's like, I wanted to say, it's mo, you jerk. But she lays there and plays dead. Um, pretends like the spear killed her, hoping that Visor 3 will go after Cassie because Cassie is closest to Rachel. And if Visor 3 goes by her, then she can grab him. So Rachel waits and waits for him to pass by and then chomps and the whole morph explodes kind of like a taxon and he jets away like a balloon with a hole popped in it, like Team Rocket at the end of an episode of Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that was a lot of similes right there. But yeah, he just kind of like goes away and, and turns into a star in the distance. And uh, then Marco swims up alongside Rachel and he's like, hi, it's me, Marco. I'm here to save the day. <laughs> and she laughs because he's like, well, I'm finally here. Sorry about that. Yeah. So they escape later that day. They are in the woods, I think. And Axe is explaining that Rachel is allergic to crocodiles. And so <laughs> that's what Axe's, happens. Uh, Axe's uh, 
explanation. It's just like, oh, yeah, she just needs to burp crocodile. <laughs> yeah, she just needs to burp it. So basically, these out-of-control morphing episodes are kind of like sneezing. Like, she can still morph voluntarily, but sometimes she loses control of it. Like, you can't control your sneezing. Um, I also noticed a little detail during this conversation. Tobias swoops down and catches a mouse, like, in front of everybody. Which kind of just shows how far he's come that he's not really embarrassed anymore about his hawkness. So that's cool. He's brought uh, mice that he's caught to their powwows and like, you know, <laughs> just been ate it in front it. of them too. Yeah, while they're all talking. So, yeah. Usually he's preening his feathers, but... Well, he cleans himself after he eats. He's not a, yeah, yeah. He's not a mm-hmm. monster. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Axe is like, there's not like a cure, like a medicine you can take, but it will resolve itself on its own in a process called Hereth Elint, which translates in... And light speak to burping DNA. And he explains, since we have no mouths, we don't have phrases like spitting out or vomiting. So hereth is what we say instead. Which, does that mean that they have burping? Where do they burp from? Do they burp from their feet? <laughs> Presumably Aww, not. Just like he's walking and it just sounds like, you know, your sneakers on uh, <laughs> the gym floor. Yeah. <laughs> it's just his feet are making noise. <laughs> So he explains, the offending DNA will eventually be expelled from your system. You can't control when it happens. You just have to be careful, especially since this crocodile is a dangerous creature. It isn't easy. See, you basically have to morph the animal while you retain your own body. You have to create a whole living animal out of the excess matter floating in zero space. Now, (laughs) this kind of answers some of our question that there's just random matter floating in zero space and that's what they use. But the Animorphs don't understand that this means that there will be a live whole crocodile, like, chilling out that's separate from, like, she's going to expel a whole live crocodile. They don't really understand that that is part of the process. (laughs) Don't put two and two together. Yeah. Or don't really understand what he's saying. Um, Later, Rachel's like, Anytime Axe starts to mention zero space, our eyes gloss over because <laughs> it's like so theoretical. They don't really understand it. It um, kind of was like, uh, honestly, with her spasming with her morphs in this uh, book, it was like basically somebody in zero space grabbed like a squeaky toy worth of like matter that was connected to Rachel and just like, you know, squeeze, 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 squeeze. So she's like changing, yeah. changing, changing back and forth and between the different sized animals and everything. Pushing the button. Um yeah, so basically he also says that these sneezing episodes, quote-unquote, are caused by extreme emotion. So until, the, until that process, the Hereth Illent, is complete, she has to remain calm and control her motions. So going back to the events that she's had so far, when they were just on the boat, she was mad at JJM for selling out the human race. In Chapman's office, she was nervous that he was going to find her out. And then she's like, but what was happening when I was looking at pics of Jeremy Jason McCall? And Mark was like, it was love. The deadly, dangerous emotion of puppy love. Rachel was overcome by attraction, by desire, by intense, uncontrollable tiger beat passion. And it, he was interrupted by the fact that I tried to grab him and choke him, but he dodged behind Axe. (laughs) He's like, Axe, protect me. (laughs) So, yeah, apparently... Like, because she was, if you recall, um, excited that she found out that Jeremy Jason McCool was going to be in town for the Barry and Cindy Cindy Sue show. So 
she was like really excited that she might get to see him and then she started morphing out of control it really sucks that she's allergic to crocodile uh, dna because like seriously though that would be such a good morph to have oh my gosh 20 foot crocodile in battles yeah yeah i i it's unfortunate because this would be like it's got armor it can bite oh yeah probably not very good at it's better than the one that Jake lost in the, uh, what was it, book 10, where he was, you know, Jaguar, and then obviously, because of time travel, doesn't get his Jaguar morph to continue on with. I mean, that one was a good too, but this one's better, and it's just like, come on, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, and um, I feel like maybe it wouldn't be great for transportation, like if she had to keep up, like if they had to move really fast. Whereas, yeah, I mean, know. Crocodile says I'm going to get there when I'm going to get there. Like, <laughs> and I'll, I'll be the best one at the fight, but I'll just take my sweet time. Okay, so at this point, she's going to have to lay low until the Harith Illint happens, which means stay home from school and not go on the Barry and Cindy Sue show. I said it right that time. So Rachel is like, but the show is the last time we'll have access to JJ before he starts to endorse the sharing. So we're never going to get near him again if we don't do this. And Jake's like, well, you're the one who blew this mission. You're the one who didn't tell us the truth about what was going on with you. And so this is your fault. And she gets super bummed out about that. And she does it again. (laughs) And she does it again. Um... (laughs) Yeah, so she's basically, she's bummed out, and Tobias is like, you know, Rachel, it's not your fault. And she's like, yeah, it is. It is my fault, because I lied and didn't tell people. And that is where my part ends. She's bummed out. She's, like, staring at the floor. Nobody's looking at her, because they know it's her fault. She knows it's her fault. She's upset. (laughs) Well, before we get into the last half of the book, which gets supremely entertaining, might I add, uh, (laughs) do you guys want to hear some crocodile facts? Because crocodiles are pretty cool. Yeah. They're old as fuck. They are old as fuck. Um, Crocodiles uh, are large semi-aquatic reptiles, in case you didn't know, uh, in case you weren't like, you know, a little kid that, you know, had all the little crocodile figurines and played around with them all the time. Mm -hmm. Um. And so there are about 18 species of crocodiles known, uh, and they span the tropics, uh, like all throughout Africa, Asia, the Americas, and Australia. Although they appear similar, crocodiles and alligators and the gharial, uh, G-H-A-R-I-A-L, I'm pronouncing this wrong, please bear with me, Uh, Mm -hmm. they belong to separate biological families. The gharial with its narrow snout is easier to distinguish between the other two. So uh, there are some uh, morphological differences between uh, crocodiles and alligators. But as we talked about here in the first half of this book, there <laughs> you basically kind of have to look really closely. And when you're looking really closely to a crocodile and an alligator, you may be too close at this point. <laughs> so like the most obvious yes. external difference is the visible head. So crocodiles have the narrow, longer heads, and they have like a more shaped snout, as opposed to the alligators. They have like more U-snape, uh, yeah, U-shaped snout. Please bear with me. Also, I'm never <laughs> a cold. This is going to be a little difficult <laughs> with words. Um, so like alligators kind of like more blunt nose uh, compared to like, you know, crocodiles and caimans. Another caimans. obvious trait. Caimans? Caimans. Caimans, Jaguar yeah. food. Jaguar food. They're down in South America. <laughs> Another obvious trait is that the upper and lower jaws of the crocodiles are the same width, uh, so their teeth 
uh, in their lower jaw, um, like fall to the outside and protrude outside uh, their upper lips, or sorry, like their upper jaw technically, when their mouth is closed. So crocodiles, you get teeth going both ways up and down uh, when their mouth is closed, as opposed to alligators, which their bottom, um, their, their uh, uh, lower uh, jaw is a little smaller and can fit inside their upper jaw. And so their upper jaw has small depressions in which their lower teeth fit into their mouth. So they don't have an underbite, basically. <laughs> oh, uh, but then again, if you are finding these differences, hopefully you're doing it at a safe enough distance because <laughs> crocodiles and alligators, when you're counting their teeth, um, may not want to do that close up in the wild. <laughs> Crocodiles also have more webbing on their toes uh, of their hind feet, and they can better tolerate salt water due to specialized salt glands filtering out salt, uh, which uh, is present but not functioning in alligators. Although there are have been researched like some groups of alligators in the Americas where they will go out and tolerate salt water for a period of time. So there's there's a little gray area between that with different um, like groups. Uh, of that species depending on where they live regionally because uh, I just watched we talked about alligators yet um, <laughs> uh, another trait that separates crocodiles uh, from other crocodilians is their much higher levels of aggression which we obviously get oh, into geez. in this book <laughs> All crocodiles are semi-aquatic, and they tend to congregate in freshwater habitats. So as you kind of a little bit aware, like rivers, lakes, wetlands, and sometimes in brackish water, and obviously in salt water too. <clears throat> they are carnivorous animals and feed mostly on vertebrates, such as fish, reptiles, birds, and mammals. All crocodiles are tropical species. Unlike alligators, they are very sensitive to cold. Alligators can handle some cold tolerance. Crocodiles can't. They uh, separate from other crocodilians during the Eocene epoch about 55 million years ago, and uh, many species of crocodiles are at risk of extinction, and some are being classified as critical endangered. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. I, ass- <laughs> I mean, I, I know edibles, all, almost all edibles have their own ecological niche which is very important but i'm also like yes. fuck alligators or crocodiles in florida and all the other shit that's in there oh, see very different reactions <laughs> i'm like cool awesome let's go take a closer look yeah i feel like uh that's probably because of of habitat invasion right by humans yeah and also humans hunting them down uh definitely uh because we don't like things that are apex predators that can mm-hmm. possibly hurt us. We get scared very easily. Yeah. Throughout the Caribbean basin, uh, there's actually an American crocodile, which I just found out. I'm like, oh, whoa. Uh, so it, it, include, it, it, it ranges in uh, many of the Caribbean islands and actually uh, goes up into South Florida. It's a larger size species of crocodile uh, with a grayish color and a prominent V-shaped snout. And it prefers brackish water, thus American crocodile. But they uh, also inhabit lower stretches of rivers and uh, true marine environments. It's one of the rare species that uh, exhibits regular seagoing behavior, um, which explains uh, its great distribution throughout the Caribbean. So let alone we have alligators here in the Americas. Uh, we also apparently have uh, in one little portion of the u.s uh saltwater uh, american crocodiles and uh, its diet consists mostly of aquatic and terrestrial vertebrates uh and it's classified as vulnerable um 
but uh, certain local populations of the American crocodile is greatly under threat. And then, like we talked about, then there's a ton of other crocodile species spanned across the world and uh, have their own obvious niches. So, but overarching, a crocodile's physical traits allows it to be a successful predator. Its streamlined uh, body enables it to swim swiftly, and it also tucks its feet into the side. It's like its sides while swimming, so it makes it faster by decreasing water resistance. More aerodynamic. Crocodiles have webbed feet, which uh, is not to use to propel them through the water, although it makes them fast to like turns and sudden movements in the water. Um, while swimming, so like, no, obviously we see them grab their prey, the spinning in the water and stuff like that, that's where it's helpful. Um, the web feet are an advantage basically in shallow water where the um, animals sometimes have to move around while walking or, or um, stock up really fast on their prey. Also, I found it really uh, fun to know that crocodiles' tongues are not free, but held in place by a membrane that limits its movement. So as a result, huh. crocodiles are unable to stick out their tongues. Uh, <laughs> So if we ever like see crocodiles basking with their mouths open and you obviously like their their mouths are kind of, you know, pinkish or a little tan in the inside, but you're just like, yeah, there's no actual like tongue there. It's because like that tongue's actually stuck on a uh, membrane uh, on the inside of its mouth. Hmm. I was always curious about that. Uh, the armored skin uh, has scales and is thick and rugged, providing some protection. They are still able to absorb heat through this armor as a network of small capillaries allow blood uh, through the scales to absorb the heat. Uh, and size greatly varies among the species. So there's the dwarf crocodile to like the saltwater crocodile in like range. And species of dwarf crocodile um, as an adult can grow uh, up to, you know, five to a little over six foot. Whereas the saltwater can go over 23 feet in length and weigh over 2,200 pounds. <laughs> yeah, that's not wow. something you want to be around. Uh, no, you don't want to swim with that in, in the ocean or anywhere, but uh, is a big one. Uh, the largest species of crocodile uh, is a saltwater crocodile, and it's found in eastern India, northern Australia, throughout Southeast Asia, and its surrounding waters. The largest crocodile ever held in captivity is a saltwater Siamese hybrid in uh, Thailand, and it was in the Samut Prakam Crocodile Farm and Zoo. And this animal measured up to 20 feet in length and uh, weighed uh, 2,456 pounds. Jesus. And they, yeah. And uh, crocodiles can live, like, ranging to 35-year lifespan for some species. And some uh, of the bigger species can get up to, like, 75 years or older. Like, there's a wide range. And 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 they can live even longer, possibly, in captivity. uh, Crocodiles are the most social of reptiles, even though they do not form social groups. Many species congregate in certain sections of the rivers, so they tolerate each other at times when they are feeding and basking. Crocodiles are also... Uh, the most vocal of all reptiles, producing a wide variety of sounds during various situations and conditions, depending on the species and their age and size and gender. Depending on the context, some of the species can communicate over 20 different messages through vocalizations alone. And they are ambush predators, so they wait for fish or land animals to come close, and then they rush out to attack. Crocodiles mostly eat fish, amphibians, and crustaceans, mollusks, birds, reptiles, and mammals. And they occasionally cannibalize smaller crocodiles. So that's why mama crocodiles sometimes are, you know, protecting their bait and things like that. It's always a fun uh, video to see. Yeah, because they are opportunistic, if anything. What a crocodile eats varies greatly with species, size, and age. So um, 
from the most fish-eating species like the slender-snouted and freshwater crocodiles to the larger species like the Nile crocodile and the saltwater crocodile, those those larger species prey on, obviously, the larger mammals such as buffalo, deer, and wild boar, and uh, they... They have a diverse diet. They, they're not that picky. Since they feed by grabbing and holding onto the pay, their prey, they've evolved sharp teeth for piercing and holding onto flesh and powerful muscles to close the jaws and their jaws and hold uh, them shut. A 17-foot-long saltwater crocodile has been confirmed as having the strongest bite force ever recorded for an animal in a laboratory setting. The Rachel does mention pro- that at some point. Yeah, yep. Uh, the oldest crocodile appear uh, to be the largest species. Uh, so uh, it is estimated um, one species of a uh, uh, crocodile um, it can average around seventy years uh, of uh, of a lifespan of age. Uh, and then there's some limited evidence that some individuals of that species can live over a hundred years. So in captivity, some individuals are claimed to have lived uh, for over a century, like a male crocodile uh, living to about the age of 110 in a Russian zoo uh, was wow. once recorded. Uh, he the, the That particular crocodile joined the zoo in 1913, uh, fully grown, and uh, then lived on to 1995. A, a male freshwater crocodile lived to an estimated 120 to 140 years at the Australian Zoo as well. And his uh, name was affectionately known as Mr. Freshy. He was rescued around <laughs> 1970 by Bob Irwin and Steve Irwin after being shot mm-hmm. twice by hunters and losing an eye uh, as a result. And he lived until that crocodile lived until 2010. And that is my crocodile facts because I could go on and on because there's mm-hmm. some cool animals, but we should probably finish this book. <laughs> yes. Well, now I'm even more scared of them <laughs> because they seem absolutely terrifying. The problem with me is, is I'm more fast with them and actually i shouldn't but i want to go like check them out and get closer <laughs> i'm gonna leave that to the irwins they seem to have a good handle on go. it they, yes. they, they're a little bit smarter about that which i'm like 90 sure that the fake you know that the animal handler character who's in this uh next scene is supposed to be steve irwin but it's hard to tell possibly somebody else i mean i just i just sort of read it as like you know when you were a kid and they your school or preschool or just had like a zookeeper random person the zoo to you yeah like i was i was like oh it's just one of those like <laughs> non-descript services <laughs> it's just like, yeah but yeah. not one of the good ones <laughs> <laughs> apparently that one where they're actually helping animals very much I just Googled it. Apparently, Zoo to You is a local thing to where we grew up. So Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, okay. that, that is very local to Central, Cali- uh, Central Coast, California. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, sometimes they would have that, I think, at other schools. I've heard other people mention that kind of thing. So Yeah, yeah. but I think it's two different programs. Uh, the Zoo to You in our area growing up was um, a, uh, a local, uh, like, wildlife uh, uh, refuge for a lot of uh, animals that were maybe like rescued in the wild and could never be released back in the wild or um, obtained uh, and rescued that that were once like uh, illegally traded in the exotic pet like illegal exotic pet mm-hmm. trade rescued uh, from that yeah and rescued from that and again couldn't be released back into the wild because uh, uh, those animals either were injured or couldn't uh, hadn't learned through growing up to fend for their own in, in uh, 
life situations. So they are an organization that always takes care of those animals uh, and tries to rehabilitate which ones they can back at least back into their natural habitats. Uh, And if not, those uh, that say, like, for instance, a spider monkey that lived for 20 plus years with them uh, is rescued from a legal pet trade were great um, teaching moments for, yeah, going to kids' schools and talking about how you respect and care animals. Yeah. And and if you, just a tip, if you go to the ZooDU website or Google it and then go to the Google images that they have, they have some really cute pictures. Like this tiger is yawning and it's cute and them feeding this porcupine and they have a bald eagle and a bunch of owls and a bear mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh, this otter is cute. Yeah, they've they've uh, taken care of a lot. They're they're a good organization as far yeah. <laughs> as uh, growing up and and knowing about them uh, in the area. They've they've done some really good stuff for taking care of wild animals. It, honestly, a lot reminds me a lot of Cassie's parents uh, in that situation. Yeah, for sure. Goes. This is this is like kind of a, like a real life example of uh, an organization that does that. Yeah, and they do take donations. So just to let yeah, you know. they do. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think they just uh, over the last handful of years rebuilt. They had a fire at one point. It was unfortunate, and they rebuilt their building. You can also book thing. animal encounters. Oh my gosh, bookmarking this. Anyway, okay, back on track <laughs> to the book at hand. When we get to right, let's circle kind of... back to uh, ending uh, and going through this crazy final sequence of uh, book 12, The Reaction. So Rachel's solution to fixing this problem she's having with the rest of the Animorphs was to lie. She told Jake and Cassie that it happened, that she burped the crocodile and she had uh, the, how do you pronounce it, Morgan? It's the Hirith Illet. Sure. Sounds Hereth good. Hirith Um, So what Axe said, basically, she she said she burped the croc and she went into great deal uh, to Jake and Cassie and convinced them that she had done so. But she also knew that Axe would know better. Uh, so she didn't say anything to him specifically. Uh, she admitted that they really did not understand much when Axe was talking about Z-Space and stuff. So she's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rachel did point out if she did try to trick Axe that he probably would have asked the cruiser question crucial question that Jake and Cassie failed to ask her which was uh what'd you do with the extra crocodile once you burped it out (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping at this point that the Animorphs would now have a pet crocodile to join their team (laughs) but that's like not the direction (laughs) that this book goes nope (laughs) when I first heard heard about it I was like oh it's gonna be like a tiny little cute croc (laughs) oh that'd be cute too Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like the little baby velociraptor in Jurassic Park, which just comes out of its shell. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rachel reasons to herself that she uh, had to do this, that she had to lie to her friends so she could make it to the Barry and Cindy Sue show. Yeah, Morgan, that's not going to say. Yeah, uh, it's Cindy Sue show. That's the part Cindy that does Sue it. Cindy show. Down by the seashore. Uh, <laughs> no, can't do it very well. <laughs> so as to stop Jeremy Jason from endorsing the sharing of, uh, on the show. So all she had to do was control her most of emotions essentially and that could work right <laughs> except even rachel admits to herself that she might have a small problem with anger <laughs> just a little maybe just, just maybe i don't know I, it, it crops up every now and again uh, but everything should be fine 
After school, Rachel took a taxi back to the hotel, and they, uh, the taxi driver drove past her house, uh, where the construction workers were already working on repairing it and carting debris away, which I gotta say, props on that, because that was only a day or two ago, and they're already taking care of that house. Like, Naomi is on it. She's getting that yeah. contractor. She is getting her house fixed for her kids. She's super mom. I also kind of want to see Naomi's courtroom drama, where she goes oh, after yeah. the previous builder on her house. And then she has to get her daughter on stand to lie about the floor collapsing underneath her. It'd be really <laughs> funny and interesting courtroom side story. But I don't think we're going to get that in this series. Rachel met her dad at the hotel. And he hurried uh, Rachel down to the studio. Cassie planned to meet them uh, there in person. And Rachel knew the others were coming. But they were going to be in more innocent looking morphs. Because their human forms really had no business being at the studio. So uh, they all had to be there to be on lookout for controllers. They got into the studio and Cassie met up with them as Rachel and her dad hurried down the halls with an assistant leading him uh, to go get ready. Cassie asked Rachel how they planned to stop Jeremy Jason from endorsing the sharing, and Rachel just grinned and said, they'll improvise. <laughs> just then, a llama comes racing down the hallway yeah, and escaped... Uh, and a couple of trainers are panicking and running after it. The assistant explained that the animal, um, that an animal trainer, Bart Jacobs, was on the show today too, and he brought a bunch of his animals to showcase on the show. Cassie disapproved of this guy's MO and how he treats animals, but they kept moving and got Rachel into the makeup and hair area. Her makeup person's name was Ty, and she had a bit of an attitude towards Rachel. Uh, And so as uh, Ty began to work on getting her ready, uh, Rachel's dad took off to go schmooze with other media people. And then Ty's, like, kind of shoving Rachel around as she's working on her and her hair and just, like, making a lot of griping noises about it. And Rachel's getting annoyed. She's getting mad. And then Ty exclaims, uh, Rachel's hair was turning gray. Uh, and Cassie looked horrified as Rachel started to involuntarily morph again. And this time she was morphing into a wolf. Cassie acted instantly. Look, Cassie cried, out in the hallway, it's uh, Kevin Costner and Tom Cruise, too. Ty screamed, where, where, and dropped her brush and ran for the door. Rachel focused. Calm, calm, she said to herself, no emotion. But Cassie wasn't helping at all. You lied, she said to, her, <laughs> to me. Again, you didn't do that uh, Hareth Illa thing at all. You're still allergic. I'm trying to be calm, Cassie, Rachel warned. I'm trying to demorph. You can't do this stupid show while you're still in this way. In the show, it's the only way. I'm not letting this creep. Now look, you're just making me more upset. Ty came back in pouting that Tom Cruise wasn't in the hallway and Rachel pathetically lied that she used enough conditioner and maybe that's why her hair was turning gray. Just then, Jeremy Jason came into the makeup area. Even though Cassie and Rachel knew that he was a controller, they still couldn't control their emotions. (laughs) They kind of fangirled out. (laughs) Hey, Jeremy Jason uh, said, giving me his famous squinty skeptical look. Uh, Don't I know you from somewhere? Rachel shook her head. Uh, no, definitely not. Yeah, yeah, you're the girl who fell in that crocodile pit after that kid. You're on the show today, huh? Uh, that's not all she did, Cassie Russ to say. Uh, she also had a house fall down on her. <laughs> uh, Rachel sent Cassie uh, what are you doing look. Cassie made a helpless, confused, giddy look and shrugged. She kept staring at Jeremy Jason with this slightly weird grin. 
Of course, to be honest, I'd probably have the identical slightly weird grin too. Jamie Jason flashed a smile, then he said, look, disaster girl, whatever. Uh, how about if you and your friends stumble on out of here, I need to get made up and I don't need an audience. That sobered Rachel and Cassie up quite a bit, and they went out into the hall. And that's where they found the escaped llama just chilling out in the hallway. And they both looked at the llama. If you're wanting to get made up, you can forget it, Rachel told the llama. You're not big enough, uh, star. The llama said, maybe not, but I will be someday. <laughs> Cassie's like, yeah! <laughs> you think of all people, we'd be prepared for strange things like talking llamas, but it caught us totally by surprise. Marco? Rachel hissed. Who else would it be this cute? Check this out. Check this fur out. Check out how this little llama smile on my little llama face. Marco is just mouthing off. Uh, what are you doing? Rachel asked. Jake's somewhere around here in Cockroach Morph. Axe is here in Fly Morph. I came this way too, but then I saw this llama and it was wandering around loose. So I thought, hey, why not be a, uh, why be a bug? And where's the real llama? Caspi whispered. Don't worry. I put him in this empty dressing room. By the way, I saw the schedule. Bart Jacobs and various animals of his, including yours truly, go on first. And then Wussy Wonder goes next. And finally, you, Rachel, you're last. Cassie cocked an eyebrow at me. I deliberately didn't look at her. I knew what she wanted me to do. Fine, I'll tell him, Cassie said. Marco, Rachel had slightly exaggerated when she said she was okay. You better warn Jake. She didn't burp the crock, he asked. Nope. <laughs> I'm fine as long as I don't get excited, Rachel said defensively. You know, Rachel, I'm supposed to be the irresponsible one, Marco said. And this is where things get interesting. Cassie then suggested that the important thing is at least there was there has to be a Rachel always around to make this work. So she suggests they should get a copy of Rachel. And Marco trilled, morph Rachel? I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> when Rachel said, when pigs fly, uh, and Marco shot a llama look to his left. Uh-oh, looks like I'm busted. The two khaki-clad trainers appeared at the end of the hallway, and they crept up slowly. Marco waited patiently till they caught him and slipped a rope around his neck and they led him away. Cassie caught Rachel's arm before she realized it. Cassie acquired her friend and Rachel uh, tried to keep her emotions from flaring up, and uh, but she did start to morph again. The assistant then grabbed Rachel to get her ready to go on. She was scheduled for the last segment. Cassie followed her to the waiting area where they also were near Bart Jacobs and all his wild animals, including Llama Marco. <laughs> Barry and Cindy Sue started their show and Rachel noticed her dad uh, farther away on the other side of the set talking to one of the assistants Rachel was trying to keep her nerves in check and Jeremy Jason came storming past them again and she thought of just him being a stupid controller now and his idiot human self trapped inside his own mind under the rule of a yerk and it just made her physically sick but then like she realized she actually really did feel sick and she started to feel something else happening within her rachel whispered to cassie it's the hereth illness it was happening Thanks. right now <laughs> i really can't pronounce it i'm sorry <laughs> she's or gonna whatever. burp the crock it's gonna the crock happen. burp it's crock burp in time right now <laughs> Cassie tried to keep her despair under her breath as Bart Jacobs and his trainers were all close by. The show was underway and the Bart Jacobs led Llama Marco out to the set as Rachel was having a meltdown backstage. She felt so like she was losing control of her own body, that distinctively there were two consciousnesses inside of her, herself, human self, and then now a crocodile's. The crocodile's consciousness was confused on where it was, but it was smart and it knew it wanted to eat. 
The crocodile tried to swish its tail, but Rachel didn't have a tail to swish, so she just wiggled her butt. And so she's just like, the crocodile took over her body, and there's just so much prey around her. Cassie couldn't get a handle on her. Rachel spotted prey as the crocodile in her human form uh, leapt after it. And what she leapt after was Jeremy Jason, and she bit down on him as a human. Cassie pulled Rachel off uh, the shouting Jeremy Jason just as Llama Marco was led off stage and other animals were taken out. Rachel turned and bit down on Llama Marco as he came back, but thankfully human teeth are not that deadly. (laughs) Cassie pulled Rachel off as Rachel started to regain her human consciousness again, but Rachel felt her body weight increase. Something very large was starting to grow on her back. The crocodile DNA was going to be expelled from her body, and she now realized the 20-foot crocodile was going to emerge from her, and she was scared. And because she was scared, she realized she also still has her allergy. Cassie rushed Rachel's mutating body away from everyone and ran her into the bathroom. Rachel shouted the crocodile was coming out of her back just as she slurred and lost human speech. Because she was scared, she was starting to morph, and she was morphing into Grizzly. Someone tried to open... Yeah, fortunately. fortunately. That, or, that or the elephant. <laughs> if it was something else, she might have died. Like, tra- like trout, no trout, thank God. No trout, uh, but yeah. Uh, elephant uh, would have helped uh, probably a little better, but Grizzly, grizzly will do. That's just fine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. do great. Yeah. Uh, so someone tried to open the bathroom door to use the restroom as Cassie <laughs> yeah. then shoved the door shut and just yelled at them to use another. Uh, it was occupied. <laughs> Cassie looked on in horror as her friend morphed and split into two, a 20-foot crocodile separating from the grizzly Rachel's back. Rachel shouted and thought speak to Cassie that the crocodile is not her. It is not under her control. It's just a crocodile. <laughs> it's just a crocodile coming out. Very angry. Crocodile- Yeah, Uh, Cassie couldn't get out of the small bathroom with the two beasts uh, emerging, so she locked herself in the bathroom stall. And she she shouted and thought speak, Rachel, what if the crocodile attacks the bear? And then Rachel was surprised to hear Cassie and thought speak, Cassie, are you morphing in there? And Cassie's like, yes. And Rachel's like, to what? And then Cassie's like, uh, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Which this is the second time that this has kind of happened because she morphs squirrel when the Valique in Megamorphs is after her. So that, because it's like too small to, to like get grabbed, but it's yeah, also very fast. Her, her panic, her panic uh, morph <laughs> is squirrel. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Rachel's like, a squirrel? <laughs> and guys, it's like, it's all I think I think of. <laughs> I guess maybe croc- uh, cockroach is always, cockroach would be my panic morph, because it's like, you can't kill a cockroach. <laughs> Even if I get swallowed by the crocodile, it just demorph. There you go. Uh, the transformation was complete. Rachel felt herself separate from the crocodile, and uh, she fully had burped it. Um And she was also full grizzly, thank God. But she had doubts that even a grizzly could defeat an apex predator like a crocodile. Meanwhile, Cassie, uh, as a squirrel, hunkered down in the toilet stall. And then the croc eyed Rachel up and down as a grizzly and lunged. Cassie, as a squirrel, leapt and landed on the crocodile's head and started lashing out at its eyes. The animal went wild. Rachel Grizzly swept at the crocodile and they went brawling and then rolled and crashed into the hallway. 
people ran screaming. The melee of animals rolled and rampaged into the backstage area. The croc got a hold of Rachel's grizzly leg and crushed hard. Marco Llama tried to charge the croc, but that really didn't do much. And he got thrown <laughs> aside. There was nothing Marco could do, but he tried anyway. And I feel like uh, she should have given him in, in the uh, narration a little bit more credit for that. Like, I, know. That, I think that Rachel would have admired that a lot. Yeah, but honestly, llamas, they're used as um, protectors for herds. Like, you put a llama in to, like, protect, like, uh, a herd of sheep and things like that. They are really good at charging and defending their own herds. They, they're not to be messed with. Uh, sorry, side llama facts. Yeah, you didn't expect that, didn't you? <laughs> he never morphs llama again, so we need to get him in now. <laughs> Aww, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, llamas are fun. Well, pacas are cuter. Yeah, they're cuter. They have um, uh, they're great, great animals to have domestically because uh, they're um, great f- uh, fiber source too, uh, and renewable fiber source as well. So you comb and comb out that fur and everything. Every human was in a panic, and they were running and screaming. Rachel was able to get her grizzly leg out of the crocodile's mouth, but the fight rolled onto the set as Barry and Cindy Sue were interviewing Jeremy Jason McCole. They yelled at Bart Jacobs to control his animals. <laughs> Bart Jacobs was, like, cowering away, exclaiming that those animals are not his, because uh, who would fucking bring a 20-foot crocodile at a Christmas Yeah, he's smart to enough to, like, stay out of the way. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> um, they uh, noticed in the darkness of the backstage an Andalite figure had appeared. Um, well, Rachel did. She noticed in the shadows uh, an Andalite figure appeared, and it was Axe. Also, Jeremy Jason was frozen to his seat uh, as the fight was going on, and they know that he noticed as a controller uh, in Andalite as well, offstage. Cassie Squirrel was thrown off the crocodile into the wings of the studio. Jake shouted at them over Thoughtspeak that uh, he was in the panicked crowd. And then Cassie shouted uh, in Thoughtspeak as well that she found the light switches and she was going to kill all the power. So everybody just run. And then Marco said, I'm ready. And that's when fate intervened. Marco was climbing to his llama feet. His hooves splayed suddenly on the wax floor and he plowed into the back of Jeremy Jason's seat. The actor or the yerk in his head uh, was still frozen in horror and he stayed frozen as he fell uh, from the chair and landed directly in front of the crocodile. I don't <laughs> think that was an accident. I think Marco had a move there. <laughs> Murder. <laughs> Jeremy Jason was no longer frozen. He was screaming. Rachel noticed something gray and slimy come out of his ear. <laughs> the ear went, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <bye>. <laughs> <laughs> the crocodiles right in front of this actor. Uh, then uh, darkness uh, fell upon them. Run, Cassie yelled. The entire studio was in a din of animal roars and screams. I feel bad for all the poor animals that Bart Jacobs also has. And it's just like, I know there's a, a tortoise that's and just a crocodile. Like... Oh my God. Just slowly trying to go away. At least the llama is safe. The yeah, real llama. The real llama does it. It's just like, I'm chilling and, you know, cruising here in this dressing room. Just um, chilling on some clothes. All the other poor animals are getting traumatized. Uh, in the darkness, Axe leapt onto the set and flashed down on the crocodile. His tail blade cut and the crocodile let go of Jeremy Jason. So Axe killed the crocodile, which is really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, well, at least but- it was like the real crocodile, the real one that she acquired lived. <laughs> 
you know. With surgery. <laughs> I feel bad for yeah. the crocodiles in this book, man. And Rachel also notes, I knew Andalites are tougher than they look. I'd fought alongside Axe before, but nothing ever impressed me as much as that. That crocodile was a tank. It was unstoppable, and now it was stopped. So she's like, damn, Axe, I'm not going to get on your bad side. Yeah. Yeah, they have that uh, reaction a lot when they see Axe fight. Every- yeah. The Animorphs all ran with the crowd. As Rachel ran, she felt a squish underfoot. She had stepped on the escaping Yerk. Uh, at least that got uh, taken care of quickly. They demorphed in the bathroom and Axe morphed a uh, human. Rachel couldn't find Cassie right away, but as she searched the hallways, uh, she spotted herself. Well, it was actually Cassie and Rachel Morph talking uh, down uh, a human controller who was questioning her uh, that seemed to work at the station. Uh, Rachel then kept to the shadows so that they did not see a duplicate of her. So as uh, Cassie uh, got away, Rachel caught up with her. Rachel fell into step beside Cassie. Nice job, sister, she said. Oh, good, you're back, Cassie said. It's a good thing. I'm having the worst time trying to control this morph. You're having trouble being me, Rachel said. What could be hard about that? And Cassie raised an eyebrow in a way that looked much like, uh, uh, so much like her as opposed to Rachel. This brain of yours, Rachel, it keeps trying to get me to do really dumb things. <laughs> that <was> super fun. <laughs> she deserved that. Yeah. Two days later, all the Animorphs, even Axe, who was in Human Morph, were in Rachel's hotel room watching TV and eating pie. Tobias was on the windowsill, and he was not eating pie. Uh, he was preening his feathers. Rachel's house was said to be finished being uh, fixed soon. Again, like, clapping on these, like, book contractors and workers, man. They got their house up and running. Naomi, you know, laid down the hammer. Uh, they were watching Entertainment Tonight in the hotel room, and on the show, they were reporting the chaos of the Barry and Cindy Sue show. Apparently, uh, Entertainment Tonight reported that the actor Jeremy Jason McColl was deciding to quit acting uh, overall <laughs> and quit his show And uh, after he was nearly eaten by a crocodile and he decided to move to Uzbekistan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The Animorphs reasoned it was probably to get away from any yurks and crocodiles. And then Marco flipped the channels and landed on Xena, Warrior Princess, and they all finished <laughs> the night watching that. Uh, and that's the book, everybody. It's ooh, a fun one. <laughs> yeah gosh yeah the last last third of this book yeah, that was that was a lot that was that was a wild ride there <laughs> yeah it was crazy i'm kind of bummed so. though i liked marco as a llama i wish he'd come back more llamas cusco llama things <laughs> oh yeah he is, the, he is such a cusco action <laughs> Very underappreciated. So underappreciated. It did get a TV show though, and two sequels. It did. That's true. Yes. <laughs> but still, as Disney as Disney uh, Enterprises go, so underappreciated. <laughs> Until it's a world in Kingdom Hearts, underappreciated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kronk and Kingdom Hearts. That'd be hilarious. I think it'd be so fun. And Isma. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. yeah. No. Okay. All right. The rest of the books, they need to have Llama Marco, uh, Morgan. <laughs> we need to make Cusco uh, comments the rest of the series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, that was, that was crazy. I wish she was able to hold on to the crocodile DNA, or at least, like, somebody, like, should have, like, acquired the crocodile uh, as an animorph, like, while the din was going around yeah. in the studio, like, to just get it to stop trying to eat everybody. <laughs> well, it seems like you could probably just, like, go to the zoo De- at night, demorph, acquire it real quick, morph, fly away. Like, yeah. and, and it would probably be fine. It would stay asleep. 
Most likely. <laughs> Most likely. Was she, was she just, is she just like as a human allergic to crocodiles? Like if she touched it, she could hide or is she just like, like, Everybody morph just, allergic? Yeah. yeah. I think it was morph allergic was the description with Axe describing it, right? Yeah. I wonder if she would also be allergic to, you know how like people are, like, are allergic to shellfish? It's like, or are you allergic to alligators too? Or those yeah, other ones that you were Jake got Jake. I was trying to think who else had reptiles, and Jake Jake had Yeah, yeah. yeah so Jake could probably get a crocodile and be no problem. Again, they need to have a crocodile morph in their battle morph repertoire. It would be so helpful. <laughs> yeah, especially for water fighting. Like, yeah, great ambush predator. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's We're there's sneaky. a lot of lot of points uh, to be had there. Um, but yeah, no jaguars, no crocodiles. Yeah. As far as we know, it's a bummer. <laughs> so thoughts. Thoughts. Other thoughts, uh, predictions. I would... uh, this one was another wily one. It felt a kind of similar to Cassie's. Well, for once, they weren't almost dead. I mean, like the crocodile, whatever. But like, it was much less like, okay, they're dying this time. It was more <laughs> like you could hear the Benny Hill music playing while they're like twirling through the the yeah. studio, as opposed to like we are about to die. We are going <laughs> to tell our loved ones that we love them. Yeah, yeah. no, it was. Yeah, it was uh, a little bit like. Cassie spraying everybody as a skunk kind of ending or it's just like it's a it's a fun sitcom-y kind of <laughs> yeah ending yeah. yeah which I appreciate I, those are fun I feel like yeah t- like you were saying Tobias doesn't get a lot of screen time in this one but his next the next book is Tobias's book so yeah oh, okay well that, that'll help a little bit um I did appreciate in this book though just uh uh, friendship uh just more being uh shown between Rachel and Cassie I like I like the two of them they're funny together yeah uh, it was cute Axe not knowing what an actor was it was very <laughs> funny or dork Axe had, had some good lines uh so what's the next book Morgan what are we doing next the next book is book number 13 The Change which is a Tobias book I am very excited for this I am also looking right now to see if there's any like trigger warnings and i don't really think so i hope he gets the change back that'd be cool <laughs> well it is called well, the got change to, isn't it he got to be with the elemist uh briefly uh, when elemist was introduced yeah briefly he got a hug from rachel and tried to fly away <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm like looking at it there's there's like a little bit of you know fight scene but it's especially compared to book 10 that we just kind of read it's very tame so it's chill any animals get hurt or die or have to go into surgery in this book, Morgan? I, I do not believe so. There is a raccoon that gets kind of shook, but Meh. that's about it. Meh. Not shook as in shaken, shook as in terrified and runs away. <laughs> but um, that is about it. And then there's some like some like heisty aspects to this Ocean's book 11. so i really like it yeah that's fun i love elaborate plans with like different pieces in place so it's got a lot of that it's fun it's it's oh, good fun. i'm very excited for it okay so we're getting this book and then after book 13 you wanted to do andalite chronicles pork bajir chronicles so chronicles. in the reading order right the andalite chronicles does come after 13 hork chronicles comes after 23 however i would like to flop it because of content reasons like like i think that hork chronicles goes great after this book and then andalite chronicles goes great after 23 so we're gonna do okay. it that way 
You're just leading cause. us through this series. <laughs> yes. And then after book 18 is when we're going to do Megamorphs 2. So okay. spreading those out. And stay tuned for our Twitch streaming schedule <laughs> that we have probably already started at this point, but we'll see. We'll be playing we'll at least Amazon it. Trail. Yes, Ooh. we'll get into some more Amazon facts uh, and animal facts. We yes. could talk so much about jaguars uh, taking out caimans. <laughs> Woo, yeah. Exciting. So stay tuned for that. We'll probably be at Middle Morph on, tw- on Twitch. So check out our Twitter for more news on that. Yeah. All right. You can find me at Morgan underscore Slay, or you can at us on Twitter at Middle Morph. Oh, I didn't mention the last episode, but check out my other podcast called R the Letter U the Word Serious. Um, it's about Reddit relationships. And Jason was just on it like a few weeks ago so it's super fun you guys you should definitely it's i had a lot of fun recording it i would love to be a guest again so y'all better check it out (laughs) yeah and i've been posting a lot of relationship advice posts on twitter so if you missed them you can uh you can check out some of those enrage inducing rage inducing stories so good times rage (laughs) do not go quietly into the night (laughs) My students just read that poem. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Jason, where can people find you on? People can find me sleeping or napping. <laughs> <laughs> they can find me on Twitter at bottomus underscore prime. Woo. What about you, Kate? I am not on social media. So uh, if you wanted to get a hold of me uh, with a message, like write and produce a hit play and put that message <laughs> within such production and I will go see it. Um, or if that's a little bit too much work, uh, you can email us at middlemorphgmail.com. Woo. Subtext. <laughs> <laughs> we will catch you next time for the very exciting book number 13, The Change with Tobias. Tobias. I'm excited. I hope it is what I think it is. <laughs> we, need to get, we need to get like a little hawk uh, cry out, out for like, yeah. um, like a, a, yeah, exactly. Like a, Every time we say Tobias, reti- it goes, Gee. yeah, yeah, a, a, a retail hawk screech. <laughs> we could maybe use a, uh, I will not say the title on here, but you know that very famous uh, Disney movie based on a Chinese uh, uh, hero, heroine. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh-huh. hawk, hawk seers uh-huh. in the, in that movie. <laughs> Maybe just take an audio <laughs> clip from that. And... I'll just find an open source. <laughs> I think we can find an open source rental hawk screech. <laughs> ah, all it takes is just having one domain, and they'll pay out the wazoo for something. We gotta, we gotta get them for something. All right, we'll insert that here. Bye, <laughs> bye, y'all.